All right, and we need five seconds of silence just on the mics so that I can get a baseline for editing. Okay, we're good. All right. So, huh? I said for the ancestors, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Poor little out for the homies. <laughs> that looks good, Deja. That looks good. Um, I'm proud of you. I don't know how much you censor yourself around your students, uh, but there's no need to censor yourself on this podcast. Oh, yeah. oh they understand. Okay, cool. Because, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I talk real crazy. It ain't nothing they haven't heard. <laughs> <laughs> ain't nothing they don't say. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right, so we're just going to jump into this intro, and today we have the pleasure of sitting with yet another member of Rue, but arguably the most important member of Rue. Okay. In that she is the founding <laughs> member of Rue. Okay. Z- z- see? Mm. See? See? <laughs> All the work is important. All the work is important. Uh, but Miss Ann Johnson has been killing, killing, killing the game of art, of teaching. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 20 and plus years. At, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's killing. Uh, curating, creating. Curating, <laughs> creating. Retiring curator. Showing. I'm trying to retire <laughs> you, curate. She said this the other night. And, and I mean it. Uh, <laughs> You mean it, but uh, I feel like that uh, might change if some young up and comer comes to you <laughs> and, and and pours their heart here, out. Here, <laughs> let me break it down to you in five minutes. Now, if you choose to stick down that road, that's well, all you do. You boo. According to Rebea's face the other night, she just ain't gonna retire because she's not gonna retire from. What is like, retirement? <laughs> what does that look like? That's what I'm saying. Exactly. That's what you don't know. If you can't tell me right now, that means you ain't gonna do it. If if I had, Anna Nicole had it right, I'm gonna find me an old white man hey. for him to die. All right, <laughs> and I'm gonna be rich and I can retire. I mean, you can't go that's back to Yeah, that's what happens. Yeah, that's there you go. The last thing that I will say about Ann Johnson before we get into actually asking questions, because y'all see we obviously gonna get off track, is that uh, I believe she was voted every year is most likely to print on your baby's face <laughs> <laughs> by the members of her. Yeah. <laughs> Most likely to print on anything but paper. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but yes, Miss Ann Johnson, thank you. Thank you. And Soul Sister Johnson. Thank you. Because that's a very important part that we're going to ask about yeah. in a second. Okay. Because I didn't know until we was looking up stuff. And I was like, really? Well, you that's can ask her right now. Comes yeah, from. Yes. There's actually a painting over there. Over there. Over there. And we're in, in the uh, and we're in Ann's studio, so that's where she's pointing over there. We're gonna have to show y'all. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Live from the School of Architecture. Amen. Prairie View A- P V. There you go. We in the hey. class. I was about to say y'all not about oh, to do it again. We're gonna do it again. We're gonna do it again. P V. There we go. That's still weak, but for one o'clock in the afternoon. It's lunchtime. Somebody had a little sip at lunch. No. But no. (laughs) (laughs) But no. um, We like to start in the same place, and that is, when did you fall in love with art? When was it? It. You know, I I grew up in in Wyoming. Uh, My father was military, and my mother was always artistic. You know, Mm -hmm. she 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 painted a black Jesus for the church, and they would they made her paint a white one. (laughs) 
I mean, y'all were in Wyoming. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so. yeah, it was a black church. I mean, oh, okay. it's, it's, it's oh, military. Wow. wow. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. So because when you're dealing with a military town, yeah. the people are there. Mm-hmm. Um, but she was always doing stuff. To this day, she, yeah. she made hats, for ch- church hats, gardening. Wow. Made all our clothes. We would fly all the time. Um, so art was always the interest. But fashion was what I thought I would be in. Yeah. Uh, I was going to swear to God, I was going to work for Ebony Fashion Fair. I saw that. Yeah. Yes. That's a, Ebony Fashion Fair was like my goal in life. And when they came to Cheyenne, they really just came to eat. Because <laughs> we would, But did we y'all have, have the good food? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because it's military. Mm-hmm. So you have yeah. people, the, the Louisiana people From made gumbo. Oh, yeah. North, North Carolina people made their barbecue. You know, everybody bought their stuff. So when they, the Greyhound bus would literally park in front of my house. Yeah. And all the models would come off after the show, and they were just, they were so happy mm-hmm. to have some real food. And I always, my father was, he was a mason, and he, he was the poobah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I always wanted to, I used to write them on the weekly. Finally, the woman said, Mr. Johnson, tell your daughter to stop writing us. We're not going <laughs> to, you know, she don't want this job. She's like, they just travel all over the world. I'm like, but that's, that's what I want to do. Exactly. So I ended up going mean? to fashion school. Yeah. Um, and then I, I transferred to Prairie View. They took all of my credits. Nice. But I was so advanced that I actually taught a class for scholarship money. Wow. Oh, the days were good. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> that so sounds amazing. when I got to Prairie View, I realized, you know, art is really my true passion. Mm-hmm. So because I was literally done with fashion, I was able to, to focus on art. And um, I worked under Dr. Talley, who I work with now. And I, I just kind of watched whatever he did. I would try to do it. And, and when I came here, I actually, Soul Sister, Soul of the Feet, started painting with my feet in Arlington. Okay. Um, I was kind of like in a gap year at a junior college, and I probably stepped in some paint or something like that. <laughs> and, you know, I had that Mickey Howard, that female Gumby. Remember, <laughs> used to wave up like that? And I was like, ooh, that'll be cute. You know, so I, I did it, and I, I painted with my feet for years. Yeah. The last one I did was of Obama in uh, inauguration wow. day. Wow. I was having a moment. I can't seem to give that painting away. I still have it. It's for sale. Uh. <laughs> and uh, that's the last foot painting that I did. I called it Footworks. Yeah. Yeah. That, I mean, how, do you have to practice? With, I mean, were you able to actually paint something that you were able to see the first time you did it? Or was this a constant yeah. practice and, you know, um, you were able to perfect it? I was it? able to. I think I perfected it once I was a student here. Mm-hmm. Initially, it was very, very raw and very, very organic. Mm-hmm. And um, Ron, well, I'm in class. Ron, bring that painting over here, please. Okay, he's he's on it. Yes, as we uh, mentioned before, in we class. are in <laughs> literally, literally in, class. in yeah. her <laughs> room with students who are yeah. painting beautiful things and working through. And Ron struggles. is bringing it. And Ron is <laughs> bringing it. Bringing it. <laughs> yeah. But, um, you know, I figured I could lay things flat and it was like tap dancing. Mm. You know, mm. and I mixed the colors with my feet on the floor and I realized that wood was a better surface because you got a better relief. Uh, it's almost yeah, a yeah, print, yeah. really. Yeah. Yeah. Now that I think about it, I was always a printmaker. Yeah. But um, that's one of the... Um, one of, I used to oh, just, wow. just pick up wood from around the way. If people were building houses or whatever, i pick up wood off the street and then okay. just, just paint. That one's been sitting up here for years. Wow, it's beautiful. Yeah. What? So, thank you, Ron. Um, we'll have to take a picture of that before we yeah. go. Yeah, so we can sure. put it on the uh, website and the Instagram mm-hmm. page. And yeah, stuff. it was actually interesting because Vernique was reading your bio out loud. And I had... It, 
I guess sometimes when you meet people and you've had conversations with people and you you know have mutual friends in common you feel like you know more about a person than you actually do <laughs> okay so when she was reading that he thought i got the wrong person i was like that ain't Anne. Don't with her damn feet. what is you talking about and then she kept reading i was like no that's yeah that's Anne. yeah oh uh, okay like that because you know me as a as rue yeah the printmaker yeah exactly and, but prior to that all my my old school friends they all call me soul yeah mm. you know for soul sisters mm. so if you hear somebody say what up soul yeah you know my um anthony uh, baxter is my co-worker but we were classmates yeah he's gonna come through the door in about 10 minutes <laughs> and scream what up soul you nice. know um, that's funny so that's where that comes yeah. from um i don't do it anymore okay but i kept the name yeah because yeah, if yeah. people don't know me as ann johnson they know me as ann soul sister johnson yeah so, so what was the transition from the footworks to to the printmaking printing. grad yeah. school okay. um, second masters um i needed flex. to get my <laughs> no that was a flex <laughs> academia no, flex it wasn't my <laughs> look that's a student <laughs> loan level <laughs> take my little 50 dollars a month you know you take what you can get mm-hmm. yeah but um I had to get my terminal degree. Mm-hmm. So the MFA is terminal. Yeah. My first master's is a master's of arts and humanities. Yeah. But a university was like, you all need to get your terminal degrees. And, and I like teaching on this level. Yeah. As you can see, I couldn't do this at a high school or elementary oh, yeah. school. Oh, yeah. There's an amount of freedom that you get on the college level that you just don't get, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, in secondary school. And I like that. I probably make a lot more money in um, elementary school. But I prefer this because I get my freedom Mm -hmm. and I can paint and I can need to take a day off and run to an exhibition. It's not a big deal. So um, you got to get your terminal degree or we might end up letting you go. So when I first came back, I taught fashion for 10 years. Then I transitioned to this building the day that this building opened. Mm. uh, I came over to art, which was the goal. Okay. Yeah. And so when Mm -hmm. I, I went to the Academy of Art University, I was actually the first online graduate in their history nice. and um, they didn't know where to put me <laughs> because I was doing, you know, I was painting with my feet and, and the yeah. director was like, I'm not going to put you in painting and drawing because you will lose your mind. He told me that it's too formal. You're right. too stylized. Mm. He said, I'm looking at your basketball hoops. I think I'll put you in sculpture. And I started looking at the curriculum. I was like, I'm not blowing my house up, you know, <laughs> welding and, and all this crazy stuff. And I'm like, I can't do that by myself in my house. So he said, well, uh, just take mixed media and a history course or something like that. Yeah. And my first professor, she was a printmaker. Mm-hmm. So that course leaned towards printmaking. Okay. And I was always afraid of printmaking because traditional fr- printmaking involves acid. I don't like to play with acid, mm-hmm. you know, and and so taking courses with her and doing some simple prints, and then eventually um, I said, okay, this is this is the way to yeah. go. And Lauren Kelly, if you know Lauren, mm-hmm. Lauren told me um, do printmaking, get a skill. I mm-hmm. said, okay, I'm gonna listen to Lauren because she's always been right. Mm-hmm. She's, she's mm-hmm. younger than me, but she's a mentor. Okay, and so um, that's when I started printmaking, and I, it was the grace of God. I had a, a professor. Her name is Sarah Bars Ness. And she let me fly. And she was older. She, she knew that I was an older student. Right. So some things I just wasn't going to do. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm teaching full time. I'm writing a thesis. I'm, I'm doing all this work. And it was hard work. It was like doing yeah. an exhibition every week. Wow. That's, you know, that's the, the, the level of work that was required. 
and writing a thesis and teaching six classes. I mean, it was, it was getting thin up here mm. in the hair. I, I want to interject real quick because I, I want to say this about um, Academy of Arts. My brother actually got his MFA in photography. Okay. And a lot of people discount online degrees. But their program went to work is so intense. And he, that's what we I was we may have had you. the same teacher because she, she comes from uh, photography. Okay. And that's what I was going to ask you because you say it's like an exhibition every week. It's because you have to actually create something. You're creating on a it's weekly basis. Yeah. You talk, talk a little bit about your, the curriculum and kind of what you had to go through. I mean, yeah. as briefly. Yeah. It was 60 credit hours. Mm-hmm. Um, and in those days, I was 2006 through 2008. Yeah. The cool thing about it, it was this was pre-Skype. Um, so when I interacted with my professor, particularly her, when I focused on my MFA, we had to type everything. Oh, yeah. wow. And I have record of all that. Hmm. So it's so dope. I can go back, back and read. I was like, what space was I in? <laughs> but, <laughs> I thought you were going back to notes to check yeah. what she said. <laughs> right, right, right. But they would uh, send us a disk, and then we would log in, mm-hmm. and then they would walk us through it. And then they would say, well, this is due next week. Okay. And you would send, it's all about honesty. I could have hired somebody to do it. That's true. Yeah. You know, and it, you would do it. If you trouble had trouble, you would log in and say, look, I'm having problems with this. And then um, by the end of the week, you would have like, those are from drawing. Like mm-hmm. that's me, one of my drawing mm-hmm. classes. Yes. And you would photograph it and critique it. And then at the middle of the semester, you'd have to send in your whole portfolio. Okay. And then they would and then send it back. I went up there three times. Okay. okay. Um, one was like for a midpoint review to assure the direction yeah. of the thesis yeah. and then to review the thesis and then for graduation. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That, I mean, the program is intense. It is very intense. It cannot be discredited because it is an online program. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what I was getting at. Like the level of work that they expect oh my God. from quality to the amount of work. Yeah. Is yeah. just as intense as any serious yes. art program. It almost seems like it's even more intense from it art is because because of yeah. the deadlines. Yeah. Like right. like these kids, they're working on their second painting semester be over in three weeks. Mm. But I'd rather them take their time to get it done right than push them through to do five paintings and yeah. four of raggedy. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know. <laughs> so um, it 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 is because you their deadline is their deadline. Yeah. Right. And you have to to have and the thing was. It might only be three people in the class. Yeah. And so, like, drawing, I thought I could draw. I really thought I could draw until I took that class. This is like B minus and C minus work. Mm. You know, have a good day, Sarah. Which, and for people who cannot create art, is, um, you know, A plus 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 <laughs> plus. Type work. But the guy who was in there with me was like a photorealist, mm-hmm. you know, so I'm up against him. Yeah. You know, and, and because I come from a fashion illustration background I like these little things and stuff and yeah that professor wasn't having it mm-hmm. <laughs> he was like what is that what is that white line what is you know yeah complete so, yeah exactly yeah. Complete things. I'm like I'm doing my thing I thought I could draw yeah because fashion design <laughs> often is it, it has its it has its roots in kind of a minimalism in terms of like what you'll actually see on the page like it's literally what you what you want to see that that fashion that's yeah. it yeah, uh, maybe a little bit of color of yeah. or something else in the background, but not too much. Illustration, though, is very elegant. Yeah, it is. It's 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 calligraphic. Yeah, you know, because I would it use is. a calligraphy pen, mm-hmm. and that there's lots sense. of flowing lines, yeah. and, and things, and you know that and this, yeah. and, and um, now it's different because it's all computer generated. 
you know. But I still like to watch Project Runway because I like to watch creative people. Create. Yeah. That's one of the last really organic cool. shows because yeah. they're actually making stuff. But um, yeah, it, it was a challenge. Those courses were a challenge, but the printmaking, mm-hmm. once I embraced it and I found the medium that worked the best for me, I was all on board. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what is your desire? What is your preferred medium for printing? It's intaglio. Okay. Intaglio. Can you explain uh, that a little yes. bit? Um, it's a printmaking process that involves a solar plate. Um, a solar plate is a photopolymer printing plate. And so to, to print that, I have to have a transparency of whatever image I want to use. And I place it on top of that plate, and that plate goes in the light box mm-hmm. for about a minute. And the image transfers to the plate. Okay. So it's like a photographic, literally yeah. a photographic okay. process. I sit the plate in water, and it etches the image to the plate. I don't have one up here. I might have one in my yeah. office, but I don't have one up here. And then once it uh, etches to the plate, I dry it. Then I can print. Okay. And I could print on anything. Yeah. Okay. And so the first odd thing that I painted on was a corn husk. Mm-hmm. It was in honor of my, my great grandmother. She's truly a black Indian because you know how black folks we be hollering at. <laughs> Got that Indian in our family. See, see the waves. That's why my edges don't act right. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> You ain't got no Indian in your family. <laughs> <laughs> but she was truly, truly a black Indian. Yeah. And um, I was obsessed with her photos growing up. And I grew, remember I grew up in Wyoming. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we were exposed to powwows a mm-hmm. lot. Absolutely. Literally exposed to cowboy life. And I loved going to the powwows. And yeah. then once I started really focusing on my great-grandmother, I was like, okay, it's connecting now. Yeah. That makes sense to you. It, makes it sense. made sense to mm-hmm. me. And so my thesis work was all about her. It was, you know, Miss Imogene. Mm. You know, it was called, It is the Not Knowing That Burns My Soul. Oh, oh. wow. And I had S-O-L-E, and then that's the one fight I got in with my, <laughs> you know, it has to be S-O-U-L. So you don't understand. But I, I went with it because I was trying to graduate. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it, it is the Not Knowing That Burns My Soul was the name of my thesis and the yeah. exhibition that grew from that. And so all my printings, the majority probably, 75% of the prints were of her in mm-hmm. every medium. Yeah. And uh, so Intaglio was what I embraced the most. A corn husk I could unify my Native American, African American, and African heritage. Mm-hmm. From the corn husk, I went to the feather, mm-hmm. which okay. is my favorite. I saw those. Yeah. yeah. And then from the feather, I went to the leaves, uh-huh. which are fun too. Yeah. And uh, sycamore leaves and magnolia leaves have a uh, backing that are like velvet. Oh. So yes. they're very absorbent to the ink. Mm-hmm. And I, some, a lot of times I'm walking around, especially by the cam, they have great leaves. <laughs> I, I, you know, I keep a basket in the car, mm. and I'll pick up a leaf off the ground. Last one I did was of Delita, yeah. just an old random leaf, and I picked it up and printed on it. Yeah. And they last. I have leaves from the original Roo show, 20, oh, wow. 2011. Wow. And nothing wrong with them. And how do you display them at home? Or do you keep them at home or where? I was thinking the other day, a lot of those original, I had over probably 30 pieces in that first Rue show because they were so small. Right. Over the years, auctions, 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 Mm -hmm. donations, Mm -hmm. Christmas. Um, But I keep them in shadow boxes Mm -hmm. because people like to touch. (laughs) Those are not designed to be touched. Right. Yeah. 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 So let me ask you. We're going to skip ahead a little bit because okay. I, I really want to know because I'm I have always been excited about Rue because okay. I was at that first show. OK. And that was shortly after I had met Rebea and things like that and Lovey. Um, but what led you to begin 
with Rue? What was the... So here's the thing. We were resistant to being a collective at first. Rebea and I were on board. Lovey and Delita were hesitant. Um, so sense. I am a founding <laughs> member. Yeah, you met them all, you know, especially yeah. that little one. She <laughs> <laughs> you know I talk about her. <laughs> that little one. <laughs> that little one would be Delita. That would be Delita. She is tiny. <laughs> <laughs> but um, um, I was a founding member of Print Matters. Mm-hmm. So Print Matters was a printmaking organization that initially was designed to be similar to PhotoFest. Mm-hmm. So we would get as many galleries and museums in the city to have a printmaking exhibition. Yeah. Okay. And so being a founding member of Print Matters, when we talked about Print Houston, we started Print Matters in 2009. And it took us two years to get Print Print Houston together, 2011. And I said, I said, I'm going to make it my business that there's a black presence. Mm. If I'm on this committee, we're going to be seen. And so Delita was just finishing grad school. And at the time, she was the purest printmaker that I knew and that I've known her the longest. Yeah. And then Lovey was, whew, that stuff she does on plaster. <laughs> and she had that show. I don't know if you remember the show she had in Lawndale with Khalil oh. and Robert. Was I she, do remember that show. Unfortunately, I think I, I was able to attend, but like yeah. very briefly. So yeah. I didn't get to take it all in, but it was Well, she it had done these photo transfers on plaster mm-hmm. of Hot and Top Venus, and she turned her into a Vogue cover. And I was wow. like, oh, yeah. this girl here is the yeah. truth. And then Rebecca, all I knew about Rebecca is that girl can draw her butt off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so it would be a natural transition for her to do um, printmaking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she had some experience in it. The actual original Rue exhibition, Lovey and I applied for Art League. Yeah. And we were denied. And so we just said, well, when, when I had the opportunity, I said, well, let's try this again. We'll still call it Rue. Mm-hmm. And we sat at HMAC and asked Danielle if she'd be interested in curating it. And then that's how Rue came to be, the first exhibition. Mm-hmm. The second exhibition, which is my favorite, was STIR. Because okay. they're all four letters food-related. Okay. And STIR was at Gallery M Squared in the Heights, which mm-hmm. was a former movie theater. Mm-hmm. So, oh, we turned it out. Oh, and that show was only 10 days. Wow. And it was one of the most talked about. She was in the newspapers, in yeah. the Chronicle. Wow. We got all this press. We were on the cover of Glass Tire. I can only imagine how y'all used that space. That was oh, a beautiful space. That, that was my favorite show. And in and, and each show, we all seemed to progress in different ways. That's mm-hmm. the first time I did the vegetable prints. Okay. And then that's, Rebea just kicked the door down in that one. She did the pillows <coughs> for the first time. And then Lovey did the peephole boxes. And Delita did those posters that are back there. Uh, when natural is not enough, the bigger the afro, the closer to God. It's my favorite. <laughs> that one of these students stole <laughs> off the wall. She's convinced. <laughs> I know. See that big empty space on that wall? Yeah. My poster was there. But um, so after the second show, we were like, okay, y'all, let's be serious. Let's, yeah. let's make this a collective. So, yeah. so those first two shows, y'all were just doing shows together. Yeah. Y'all but, were yeah. And people kept saying, well, when Print Houston came around, they kept saying, well, what are the Rue girls doing? What are the Rue ah, girls doing? Yeah. So it was one of the most um, anticipated shows of Print Houston. And so uh, that's we decided after that second show, let's just make this official yeah. collective because we're not out of Banga Jones. They, they do something different. Yeah. You know, you want to call us the female version, that's fine, but we're not. <laughs> you know, we are who we are. It's very right. different, yeah. And uh, initially the focus was printmaking because of Print Houston. 
but um, we've done other works. Yeah. Yeah. So that's really. Um, so how did rue how, how or why is it related to food i have all kinds of questions maybe because i like to eat so <laughs> we were just talking about some gumbo yesterday yeah, I went, and then i said mm. oh it's I, I don't think i knew that it was spelled r-o-u-x until well maybe i didn't know it. i didn't realize it yeah. remember and i said that just reminds me of gumbo so i need to know why that's lovey okay lovey's a, a wordsmith mm. you know we all kind of have our own roles uh but anything that we write was based with lovey lovey mm -hmm. And so when she and I sat down to do a proposal for the first show, we kept talking, our words are similar, but we kind of, she said, yeah, you know, it's like a roux. And then mm -hmm. that's how that came to be. Okay. And then so when we did the printmaking show, I said, we're going we to call this roux. We're going to get that roux in. I like it. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah. we, but I think it's perfect. Oh, yeah. Um, because we're, you know, this, this is crazy, right? So we presented in Portland a couple years ago. And so mm -hmm. on the intro slide, because I'm anal about PowerPoint, so that drove me crazy the other night. <laughs> <laughs> so but yeah, we, on the opening slide. When we were in Portland, and, and, I, and I, did, I had it was all dope. I was like, we are mother, we are educator, and was, we are queer, you know, I was representing everybody. We are Rue. And then it was like, and I had to think, well, what is our Rue? Well, we're all the youngest in our families. Oh. We're all daddy's girls mm -hmm. in our family. Mm -hmm. We're all educators. So mm -hmm. we have, you know, and we all have an affiliation with Project Row Houses at some point. Yeah. Or the Community Artists Collective at some point. Yeah. yeah. So uh, we are natural root to each other. Yeah. Yeah. Rebea is Latina. Mm -hmm. You know, so we always say things in the diaspora, that's for her. You know? <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, we don't put the diaspora in there. You know, that's for our sister Rebea. <laughs> We love you, Rebecca. Yeah, she, she knows. You know, put it in the diaspora. So we were in Portland. You know, black women printmakers of the diaspora. <laughs> but uh, anyway, so yeah, so it just it it it's, it magically has worked itself out. It's, yeah. I, it's beautiful. I yeah. love it. I'm gonna yeah. get some gumbo next time. Okay. My wife has. I'm gonna say the best gumbo. I'm I've, not from New Orleans. She, she legit has the best gumbo I've ever had. It's because I was never a big gumbo person. Oh, yeah, I'm not from there. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I guess. So but we'll just we'll just have y'all mix y'all's room together and we'll come yeah, to yeah, the shows yeah. when y'all have them and. Well, you know, we'll love you can burn. Level. Oh, can she? Yeah, she, she, she yeah. Cooking. Yeah. Oh yeah. Hey, oh yeah, because they, they talked about that. Doing that fancy stuff. Hey, lovey, we like to eat, girl. Lovey, we need to we need to talk. Lovey is the last member of room that we need to sit down and talk to. Good no. luck catching her. I, I think know. She's back in town. She mm. out, she be out here like Carmen San Diego. <laughs> <laughs> Let me be on the run. <laughs> yeah. But um, anyway, so uh, you know, when I was sitting down, I was thinking, yeah, that's you know, we do have a common yeah. group. We're the youngest. We're all the youngest in our families. We're all daddy's girls, yeah. and so all of that. You know, we don't have girl fights. Yeah. You know, I tease the leader. Te we tease each other. I probably talk to the leader every day. Um, but we we haven't had no knockdown, drag out yeah. girl fight or anything crazy, you know. I only have one rule when we speak: I never go behind Rebe. I mm -mm. that you know, Delita <laughs> said the exact same thing. Ever. So she's always the, the last person thing. to speak. Then yeah. she's the mic she's dropper. So yeah, she's, <laughs> that girl is so thorough. Mm. Yeah, I'm is. always first. Hey, this yeah. is rude. This is I, this, yeah. And then I'm I do not follow her. Yeah, ever. 
that's a, that's a, but I feel like probably y'all all have that one thing that somebody's like, I'm not messing with yeah. Anne on this. I'm not messing <laughs> yeah. with Lovey on this. Yeah, you know, we all have something because so, you something. know, like uh, I don't print on paper, and Delita be over there, that little one over there rolling her eyes somewhere. She's a paper like, snob. She, <laughs> is, she is in fact she's a, a paper snob. She she's yeah. a perfectionist. Yeah. Yeah. You know, inside the lines, perfectionist. Yeah. Uh, you know, she she won't let me touch her presses. Mm. You know, I, I, she won't let me play in her studio. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> they, these are all I, things. No. These are all things that Delita has said to yeah. me. So I'm not. It's not surprising. I'm like it's. <laughs> but I, I Did think. You go eat lunch. Go eat lunch. Okay. Okay. All right. That's my students in the band. His shirt says I'm the na- nicest asshole. I like that. Um, <laughs> but no, um, I think when when I think of the members of Rue, I always think of you all, the aesthetics of the mm-hmm. work that y'all create. Mm-hmm. Um, yours, I feel, in the printing is simple aesthetically. But where okay. the layers come into play mm-hmm. are the objects on which you print. Correct. Like that's a whole that yeah. that takes it to a whole other realm, yeah. right? Yeah. And even if you don't understand it, I feel like looking at what you've printed on, we have to understand there's something deeper there because you've done prints right. on cotton, right? Which that 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 was new. Yeah. That was at HMAC. Can you uh-huh. talk a little bit about that? That was new, uh, and I appreciate that because oftentimes. What happens with me is I spend too much time talking about the process and people, I tell the students all the time, don't look at it, look into it. Yeah. So if you look at it, you're going to be like, oh, it's a face on that feather. But if you look into it, I'm going to tell you about that. Yeah. What it means is there's layers to it. And so this past spring, I went to a printmaking conference yeah. in Denton and met Allison Saar. He's like, my, you know. We have artists that we fan out with. Yeah. I was able to be calm, but I really wanted to just, you know. <laughs> but she touched my hand. <laughs> and she, she touched my hand. I ain't been right since. <laughs> Same hand, y'all. She's it's holding it up. <laughs> I ain't been right since. I'm telling you, Allison Sarr. Please Betty tell me Sarr, you've washed it. I've washed it. <laughs> my hand sanitizer. See, they took that too. That's <laughs> A big old bottle of hand sanitizer that I keep up here because students know. Oh, I know. I don't know where they, you know. <laughs> anyway, um, she's one of my sheep. Her mama, I, I'm, I'm convinced I'm the lost Sar child. <laughs> Betty Sar didn't know she had four daughters. <laughs> you know, I'm the fourth one. And but anyway, um, when, at this printmaking conference, I expected to see her prints, not her sculptures. And her sculptures were there, and she has a lot of cotton on her sculptures. If you've ever seen Allison Sar sculptures. Just phenomenal. And I, and I started thinking, I'd be like, you know, it'd be kind of dope to try to, to print on, well, I'm not going to say try because I was going to do it anyway. Yeah. To print on raw <laughs> cotton and let's see what happens. And uh, the first prints were really good. Mm-hmm. Um, that was my niece, the one that says wanted. Yeah. It seems to get the most response. Mm-hmm. This is the first time I ever got over 100 hits on anything. Oh, wow. It was like 900. I got scared. It was like <laughs> 987, you know, hits on it mm-hmm. or likes. And I usually don't pay attention to that kind of stuff. But um, um, I, I started playing. It's a process yeah. to learn um, the flexibility of the cotton, yeah. how absorbent it is. Uh, which ink takes to it better, what it looks like when it dries. So I, I'm still feeling, I've only been doing it since June yeah. or May. 
Mm-hmm. So it's what six months, five yeah. months. Yeah. So I'm still learning that process. Um, technically, the printing plates that I love are no longer available. Oh. So I'm having to learn a whole new exposure yeah. time oh, wow. and all of that stuff. It's driving me crazy. But my materials are not expensive. Yeah. <laughs> I can pick up a leaf off the ground. Yeah. And I have this same bag of cotton that I've been printing with. I still have half a bag. Okay. Yeah. yeah. But that and reading Kindred. Um, because I'm not a sci-fi person, but somebody told me to read Kindred, and that just blew me away. Octavia Butler. Oh, oh yes. Yeah, and yes. That, that particular book was just amazing, and, and that relationship to slavery mm-hmm. was so deep. It's mm-hmm. the deepest that I've ever felt it in a book mm. that I've read. Yeah. And um, um, just kind of the dynamic with a contemporary image printed on cotton knowing yeah. our history. Yeah was really what I wanted to convey. And then that auction block series kind of created itself. Okay. I started, I didn't realize how much I used text to Rebea mentioned it to me one day. Mm. She was saying, you know, text is an important part of your work. Never really paid attention to it that way. And so then I, I would go with those one words, you know, Negro, coon, yeah. mm-hmm. one away, run it, and, and run it, <laughs> wanted. And um, it, it made those pieces pretty strong. That's how we grow. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah. I mean, I think one of the important things to me with regards to being able to print, seeing you be able to print on all these different surfaces is as an artist, it tells me that you're continuously pushing yourself. Yeah. Because your ground, when you know your ground, mm-hmm. you it's, it's easy right. to a certain extent, right? Like, right. you know how the paint's gonna go on. You know how when you print, it's gonna set or it's mm-hmm. gonna be absorbed at a certain amount. Right. But every single time you're printing on something different. <laughs> so you're, you're conti- yeah. continuously pushing yourself. How important to you is that in your process of creating? It is uh, because I'm doing it for reasons. You yeah. know, I'm, paper just bores me. I'm not, I mean, I could make paper. I even know how to make paper. Yeah. And even when I make paper, it, I, I still just can't make paper. It it's got to have right. corn husk in it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, weeds or dirt. You know, it has to have yeah. something, you know. But that challenge is always there. It's, yeah. it's important, you know. And I had to learn what kind of ink works with this kind of feather yeah. as opposed to that kind of feather. Yeah. You know, what, what is the result going to be? So, yeah, it, and I'm, I'm game. Somebody asked me what was the craziest thing you've ever printed on. And I'm going to have to say zucchini. <laughs> I love it. I actually saw that. I thought I saw what was zucchini when yeah. I was scrolling through your website. Yeah. And I was like, that looks like vegetables. Yeah, it I is. Well, did you use like a mandolin yeah. to make it super thin yeah. and then kind of pe- put the pieces together? So I, I, I bought a food dehydrator because I'm supposed to be making healthy snacks. Okay. Okay. Healthy snack thing didn't you, work. You see what happened with yeah. the healthy snacks. You see what happened? Was I it the Ron Popeil food dehydrator? I don't know what it was. Sorry, y'all. That's a that's an old school infomercial oh, question okay. joke. I'm sorry. I don't I'm a know geek. What it was. I apologize. But anyway, when you when you use the the mandolin and you lay it out, they start to the vegetables attach to each other. Okay. And I'm like, ooh, paper. <laughs> you know. <laughs> and so cucumber, squash, zucchini make the best paper. Hmm. And I tried everything: mushrooms, onions. They don't work. But it's those those wider vegetables, you know. I had to cut them, maybe the cucumbers in a circle, or maybe the long way. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I don't sell those because they brown over time, and I had to learn technically what can I put these in so they won't turn. So I'd sit them in resin, 
Mm-hmm. And then, um, and that's, that's where Stir, that was the, sec- the second yeah. show. Um, so I had all these white plates and white bowls and I put the print down, I put the resin on top. Okay. And uh, oddly enough, sweet potatoes last forever though. Oh, so that's what I was gonna ask yeah. you. So when you have it and so- I guess, when did you realize that they brown over time after you had sold a piece or? No, I don't sell them. Okay. I wasn't gonna sell them until I, I realized. Okay. And so after a couple of months, and you know, Marlon uh, Hall. Yeah. yeah. Marlon had some, in one of my mother in his house that I almost had to threaten him, if you don't take that down, because it, she started turning brown. You got my mother looking like a rotten vegetable. <laughs> take it down. Um, <laughs> and he was just in low. I see the beautiful side of ugly. You know how Marlon is, yeah. you know? And so, um, no, they just, you know, because the, the light exposure would brown it also. Okay. Oh. Sweet potatoes last forever. Really? Which is ironic because that was something brought to us from Africa. Mm. Yeah. And I don't dip those because it discolors it so much. Uh, so I did some plates for Lucille's restaurant. Okay. Oh, nice. And they're, they're organically on the, on the sweet potato. Huh. So, yeah, yeah. So it's still, because I guess... Lovey and I are the most unorthodox, I'm not going to say radical, <laughs> the most unorthodox of the group in terms of printmaking because we really don't follow the rules. Yeah. What are um, rules, and That's what I'm saying. And, yeah. Yeah. What are rules? So you had that conversation with Delita. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Delita has rules. That's yes, she's Delita a, has yeah. rules. She's a paper snob. Yeah. <laughs> that just cracked me up when I heard that yeah. she was a paper snob. Well, it's interesting because the individual personalities definitely carry over into the work because... I would say of the four of you, Lovey is the most raw and mm-hmm. kind of intense mm-hmm. personality. And it mm-hmm. shows in her work. Mm-hmm. Um, Rebea, her research. Thorough, thorough, <laughs> thorough. The amount of research she I mean, puts into it. When we did it. the show at base and she did these, the, uh, oh, I can't think of the name of it. These Sarcassian women. Oh yeah. yeah. She made the potions. She made the shampoo. <laughs> she made yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm like, okay, girl. <laughs> yeah. How, well, my question is, with all of that, with all these personalities, how do you feel that they push you? I think in we your push. Each, we push each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and we may not always say it. You know. <laughs> we don't. Um, you know, the crazy thing is when we do these shows, we don't sit down and have critique sessions yeah. or anything. We're just like, look, it's due on this day. You know, and, and we show up, sorry, okay. we show up and um, it's like, wow, sis, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a lot of times, um, well, since Delita has moved back, mm-hmm. she and I talk a lot. But Lovey would be my springboard because I'm always doing something that makes no sense and I can't hang <laughs> it. And because Lovey is constructional and, yes. and can do all that stuff, she saved me on more than one occasion. <laughs> This is how we're going to hang this. This is how we're going to yeah. do this. You know, so I would reach out to her in that aspect. Uh-huh. You know, um, I might mention an idea to Rebea. You know, we might bump heads about, I'm thinking about doing this. I'm thinking about doing that. Yeah. But along the way, we just kind of let it develop. Okay. So it's, it, it's, it's like literally a magical brew that we can have a show and it just comes together. When we did the show at a Blue Orange, we didn't know what Delita was doing. Yeah. And we've watched Delita go from these posters to what she's doing now. Ridiculous. Just insane. I mean, she's fire. Yeah. Just just talking about her, the mic should be smoking. Wow. <laughs> you know, she's just on fire like that. But, you know, I, I can sit back and watch. I'm the oldest, which is strange to me. And the tallest. I'm just 5'5". Five five. <laughs> I was like, you're not that tall. I know. I'm the tallest. 
that blows my mind. And call somebody the little one. Yeah. <laughs> she knows oh. she is. Yeah, she, she's little. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I'm going to stop talking about her. <laughs> I love you, Delita. That's my sister. Um, but, you know, when we did our first shows, the first Ruth show, we were just kind of, okay, I, I was doing the feathers and leaves, and Rebea had done some drawing, yeah. and the second one, we kind of, you know, kind of that door cracked them. Mm-hmm. And then the third one, which was at a unique space, and, uh, well, no, that was at Art League, and that's when mm-hmm. I did the nest. Okay. That dropped from the ceiling, and Rebea did the potions, and, and Lovey, it was a difficult time for her because she had just lost her sister. Mm. So we didn't know what we were going to get, you yeah. know, from her at that yeah. time. And she did those interesting textile pieces. And I could see Delita starting to add a little color. Pictures were getting a little bit bigger. Yeah. Then when we did Sugar, uh, she started stitching. I was like, okay, this girl. Then when we did Coal, it was like, Phew. Yeah. And the cool thing about Cole, that's the death row cover. Mm-hmm. Um, the cool thing about Love, Cole. It's, it's awesome, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> that was a delete that picture. I bet. <laughs> but uh, it was so fun to do. It was so fun to do. But when we did Cole, we was like, this is, we're at TSU. Mm-hmm. is going to be Gladys. We're going to be the Pips. And we didn't have a problem with that. And we never have problems. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. You're like if we did a show here, I would be Gladys. They would be the Pips. Right. And there's no drama between us. About, we can other. play off of each other. Well, how do you think that has um, benefited you as an artist? Like in the fact that you can push and pull from one another. Yeah. We have great support among each other. I mm-hmm. mean, I mean, my sisters are cold. Yeah. And you know, some and you of can the coldest. Yeah, yeah. Some yeah. of the coldest artists in Houston, and that's my sister. Yeah. You know, and um, just being around that energy knowing that they know me, yeah. the vulnerabilities that I feel, you know, insecure. Like this this last show, I was a little anxious about, you know. Mm. Delita had to walk me through it. When I did Harvest, I had Rebea go through each piece with me. You know, I, I knew Harvest was the bomb. I, <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't even concerned about that, but I was a little anxious about acknowledge, right. you know. Mm. And so we, we can have honest conversations. Yeah. You know. You think that other. that's what's important in the collective for you yeah i think the honesty that we have with each other um you know love you my or delete my that ain't my favorite piece but yeah yeah i'm not really feeling that one yet and we don't get offended by that yeah because you know they want the best for you right right exactly well we want the best for each other we're not hating on doing her thing delita is doing her thing Mm -hmm. big old studio beautiful studio oh my showing at museums it's no hate coming from this side we feel like we feel like we've made it too yeah Yeah. (laughs) you know uh, so, yeah, it's all love. It's it's mm-hmm. so far. <laughs> How do you think? And I, th- I always think about whenever this podcast comes on. I'm thinking there are young people listening to this yeah. and thinking. How can they be where you are? How can they find that collective? And how, like, what are some of the thoughts? Like, how do you think that this would have the collective would have benefited you, or how it wouldn't have benefited you as yeah. a young artist? Collectives don't work for everybody. Okay. You know, yeah. some people need to be only children. Mm. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's not for everybody. Um, and it, remember, we were resistant in the beginning, yeah. you yeah. know, about um, being a collective, mm-hmm. you know, being hindered, hindered or tied to other you know, people. Ju- or just, yeah, exactly, other people. But we've, we're able to fly on our own and just like, you know, the leader's going to have a big show in D.C. We're going to go. Oh, yeah. You know, we're going. I'm going to go. Yeah, we're going to go. We're going, back. We're going. When is it? <laughs> we'll get that information. Yeah, well, yeah. I don't have the exact well, date, awesome. but I'm going. That's but I'm awesome. going. DC, you know, yeah. we're going to go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, other, I think for younger artists, you need to find yourself first. Okay. 
find yourself as an artist first. And then you don't have these big fights. Right. You know, he trying to bite off of me and it didn't work. You know, just like a it's like a band. Yeah. I, I you know? I'd add to that to finding yourself like understand that it takes time. <laughs> Cause everybody wants to find themselves immediately. Oh my god. Because they're seeing yeah. the work on Instagram. They're seeing these people. I'm so blowing glad you up. said that because we're in the classroom. Uh, yeah. And yeah. you know, students seem to think, well, I got five hundred likes. You ain't done nothing yet. Yeah. You know, how many times you have your phone? You just going like, 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 like. You're not yeah. paying attention to it, so you can't let Instagram make you a star. Ain't nobody on Instagram buying nothing. They can say what they want. <laughs> They're not buying it. Yeah. And that's what I was going to ask you. What, so what? What does success look like for you? For me, it's it's been exhibition opportunities. Mm. Um, you know, I don't I don't make a lot of money yet. Yeah, it's okay. Come on in. Come on. Good afternoon. Did you go to lunch? Okay, cool. I have a group that comes in. I need to make sure they eat. <laughs> That's important. Yeah, yeah. But, um, you know, uh, I, I don't make money where I can retire. Yeah. You know, I'm always excited when I sell something. Yeah. But to me, I don't produce for the sale. Some people do that. Yeah. There's, I call them the poster guys, you know. Yeah. They make the post. And no, no hate because they make a good living doing that. Oh, the yeah. posters, the, the greeting cards. Yeah. Uh, they make a good living doing that. You know, but that's not me. Yeah. You know, I like to work in series, uh, you know, the, the, the ironing board series I'm working on now. Okay. Um, which is going to be powerful. And if it sells, it sells. If it doesn't, it doesn't. Yeah. And I guess I can say that because I got a day job. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it know? makes a difference. You know, and it does make a difference. Mm -hmm. and, and especially this type of job. Yeah. I can print here all day. Yeah. While yeah. I'm teaching. Because that's part, yeah. I mean, and that's part of it. That's the beauty of what you were saying earlier yeah. is that you have the beauty of being able, the freedom to yeah. create. Right. right, right. It's a freedom I wouldn't have in high school. I'd yeah. have to sit through lunch, walk into the car, you know, that kind of stuff. So. Yeah. You know, yeah. with that, I was going to ask you, do you feel like your work is cathartic? You talked about your, um, the soul, uh, excuse me. Painting. You talked about painting <laughs> with your feet earlier, and you said yeah. that it was like tap dancing. And when I think of tap mm. dancing, I think, you know, they're just zoned out and in their own zone. Yeah. And then you talked about also creating and how it's taking you times, for example, with the cotton to try out the different types yeah. of cotton and the different plates and all that stuff yeah. like that. How do you feel when you're in your zone of creating your prints? When I'm in a zone, it's like uh, painting all through the night, through the crack of dawn. Yeah. Through the crack of dawn. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's a great feeling. I can just, it's like dropping the mic. You yeah. know, when that first cotton print came, I was like, oh, you know, I'm dancing with myself in the living room. <laughs> you know, I'm like, yes, this is, yes, this is it, you know. Mm. Yeah. yeah. You know, that's it. So it, it's a wonderful feeling to feel that way and just know that. And I'm telling you, when I, I did Harvest, I was like, Psh. I know this is yeah. dope, you know, yeah. you know, um, and I've been able to feel that way with the Rue shows. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. The last one we did was Salt, and that was 2017 in Galveston Art Center. Okay. Um, that's the last. I did the Are You Woke with the hands and okay. shadow prints. Um, um, we are game for a new show. Um, we, hopefully, it'll be at Clark, Atlanta. Oh, cool! Nice. We, they've been—they've kicked us back a couple of times, and so—and it's a beautiful gallery. Mm. Um, it, was, it used to be the former library. Okay. Oh, wow! And uh, Hale Woodruff established the art department there, so we're hoping within the next year or so. Yeah, because yeah, we're due for a Rue show. Yeah. yeah. Let's talk a little bit about your day job. Okay. What is it? Because you've been you've been teaching for twenty years. Over 19, twenty. Over yeah. twenty years. 
how do you think teaching and constantly seeing the work from the next generation, the artists that are uh, able to glean something from you, how has that affected your work? It's uh, different because the generation is different. Yeah. And they're not as hungry. They think they're hungry, but they're not. <laughs> <laughs> They've been eating good. We were starving yeah. when we were yeah. in school. You know, when I was in school, I didn't have anybody teach me the Harlem Renaissance. I had to, mm-hmm. My teacher act like we didn't exist. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and I had to go and, and find the information on my own. Yeah. Um, but it is inspiring because when I did bass, the nesting series, uh-huh. I was inspired because, you know, Erica talks about the analog. Yeah. Analog yeah. girl in the digital yeah. world. Yeah. And and I noticed that was 2013, which like they're doing now. There was five of them in here, three of them on their phone. Yeah. Right. And and they're always yeah. doing this. Yeah. And so um, that's where the nesting series came from. Okay. You know, don't nest your life away. But you do get a certain energy from them just talking to them. Yeah. You know, hearing what they hear, hear where they're coming from, and then being able to school them too. Yeah. yeah. I'm always excited. One young man tried to school me on old school hip hop one day. Oh, that's he tried cute. To, yeah, yeah, exactly. That's how I felt so about it too. Yeah, let me tell you about a five percent. Look, boy, if you don't get out my face with that, five percent. Let me tell you about the brand newbies <laughs> and everybody else. You know, don't. Oh, then, then the next conversation is tell me some more. Yeah. You know, so yeah. I still. It's funny. I have to catch myself sometimes because I'm. I, when I was so young, when I started teaching, mm-hmm. I was teaching my classmates. That's yeah. how young I was. Yeah. Literally, when I came back to teach my first year as a college professor, I had people in my class that I went to school with. Yeah. Wow. I hadn't graduated yet. Mm, okay. And so those students, you know, I could always say, oh, y'all remember when we did this? Remember when we yeah. did that? And just like he was watching the Warriors the other, a few minutes ago, yeah. he was watching the Warriors. And I would say, you remember that old movie? And, and to them, oldest boys in the hood. Yeah. You know, or you know what I mean? That, yeah. That, yeah. These kids are born in the nineties. Yeah. Yo, you remember old school like yeah. like two thousand one? Yeah, like, yeah, exactly. What? How is Bow Wow old school, boy? Right. <laughs> Sit down somewhere. Bow the hell so you little Bow Wow. Yeah, he's always gonna be little. And it's you know, kids are born in two my freshmen are born in two thousand. Yeah. Two thousand. I'm uh-huh. like, oh my God. And that's old to the old to me is Cleopatra Jones. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So it, it is a different generation. It can be challenging at points because of social media. Yeah. yeah. And thinking that it, you can't believe all of that stuff. You don't jump off the curb because somebody don't like you. Yeah. So it's a different mentality. Yeah. Yeah. I would say it's a high they're everybody's presenting their highlight reel. Like, yeah. all you're seeing is yeah. their trailer. The yeah, trailer of exactly. their life. You're not getting the full movie. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So. But, yeah. you know, you, sp- you spoke about how everybody's always in their phone. I read an article when you talked about, and I think it was about your nesting series, about how people don't talk to each other anymore. Yeah. Right. They that was, and they're losing their that ability the to communicate. That was Real Talk. Oh, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah, converse converse real Talk. Yeah, that's yeah. what it was. Um, that show started, actually, I did a show with Anthony Suber. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's my family. Um, at HCC, that's the first time I did it. Okay. Then when I went to TSU, I did it for the Cole exhibition. Okay. But the climax of it was in Austin at okay. Women in Their Work because I had the whole gallery. Oh, wow. And I was able to transform that entire gallery into a park. So I had all these trees, and there was chairs under the trees, and then on the leaves was black people looking at people mm-hmm. having a conversation. Mm-hmm. But the goal was to sit down and have a face-to-face conversation and stop typing this nasty stuff on the phone. Yeah. Because yeah. you're not going to do that to that person face-to-face. Face-to-face. And so that was really the, the goal of that exhibition. And it traveled to Syracuse, went to Syracuse, New York. Wow. Did it in Brenham. 
Um, so it's traveled quite a bit, and that's what I'm doing again. I thought I retired it, but uh, I'm, there's that word again. I'm, but I'm doing it again yeah. in uh, the colorism show in San Antonio. Yeah. But the idea of having a face, to, you and I are having a face-to-face -face yeah. conversation. A lot of these students don't do that. I have students, they'll sit in class, won't say a word, but then I'll get a 12-page email about why I don't talk to people. And I don't want to hear all that. I tell them on the first day, I don't want to, I'm not reading a 12-page email. <laughs> yeah. My responses to email, they'll tell you, yes, no, okay, period. Come and talk to me. Yeah. Exactly. I'm, mm -mm. Yes, yeah. no, okay. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense to me. But, you know, I'm also not their age. But, <laughs> but and, and I also create. So it's like getting a critique over, the, over email, even over the phone, is difficult. Because we need to actually see. I need. Right. I need. I, I need to read your facial expressions. Right. I need see to how you see how you react. Mm. I also need you to look at the damn work. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like in emailing you a picture of the work. Yeah. It, it, me reading what you're typing still isn't the same thing right. as you as, being as able being to. There. Yeah, yeah. Pointing at the work and looking right. at the work and digesting it and things like that. So I, I mean, but of course I get it. I don't. I, yeah, I kind of just want to rant. It, it is lacking though. I mean that face that. That communicate. We don't know how to talk to. Well, yeah. I do. You and I do. Yeah. But the the younger generation does not know how to carry a conversation, yeah. a true face to face conversation because they're always doing. This. Do you yeah. think that's going to negatively affect their work yep. or can't? Oh, she said I didn't even. Meaning <laughs> 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 Yep. You got to know how to communicate. Yeah. Because you know, you're trying to communicate your work to somebody else for them to be able to absorb. Well, it or not necessarily art, but life. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, I agree. With you that. know, because yeah. you have your. Talented, Corey did that painting on the talented, mm -hmm. and he's a good student. So mm -hmm. I'm just using you as an example, Corey, and not trying to embarrass you or anything. Mm -hmm. But a great talent. But if you can't talk about it, you know, yeah, it's one thing to be talented, like Corey is talented. The business of art is a whole nother ball game. Oh yeah, and if you don't know how to write or take photographs or yeah. uh, you know, uh, good luck to you. Let's talk about that because again, I go back to like young people that are listening to this podcast. Why yeah. is that important? Talk about the business of art. Okay. Have a good day. Claire. And I will say not being able to do it is different than there being barriers to your being able to do it. Right? Yeah. Not because, wanting to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and Rebea talked about that the other night. Yeah. Writing, who knew writing would be so important in art, but if you can't write a proper statement, Right. At least, at the very least, a proper statement. You can forget about getting grants, yeah. exhibitions. Wow. And, you know, these galleries now, they're looking at your, some of them, if they're a hungry gallery, they might look at your Instagram, but that's not what they want to see. Nope. Right. And, and if I'm looking on your Instagram and I'm seeing what you ate yesterday and you're talking crazy about a movie or something, you're wasting time. And I tell students at the very, at the very least, you're going to be on your phone, have a folder of just your work. Yep. So that way, when somebody is, oh, you're an artist, I'm on the plane, you're an artist, I'm an artist, let me see your work, I'm going to that folder. I'm not seeing grandma and Amy and everybody yeah. else. You know, and then from that, I can see, well, your pictures are bad, you know, things like that. But there's certain things that are so important. One is taking good pictures and not those process shots. You know, students like the, what do you call them, staged Instagram photos? Oh, yeah. With the pencil laying down on the... <laughs> It needs to be the work. They curated it the wrong way. Right, right, right. I just want to see the work. And and I'm, you know, as a retiring curator, when I'm looking at Instagram, when I'm looking at Instagram or whatever, I'm looking to see what's, is it 12 pictures of you or of your work? Yeah. You know? 
some people are you know you could be stylized and fly or whatever you know i could rock some i can rock some kicks but i don't want to see that if i want to see your work right yeah. so how can i invest in you as an artist well all I'm, all I'm seeing on your page are images of you yeah you know unless your work is you but that's unless yeah. your work is yeah, you yeah, but, yeah. That's but if it's you like this yeah. like you know the and there's a certain amount of images and yeah. types of images that can be used for context within right. the work right that can be of you or family we'll members, have a things separate like that. page for that yeah 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 i keep my instagram very clean mm-hmm. you know facebook is a little different and apparently we're old if you still on facebook <laughs> she just looked at us like facebook like, yeah. who the hell on facebook <laughs> let me tell you about her she had on a t-shirt one day that said freak nick i said girl the hell you know about some freak nick you know what she said this is my parents t-shirt Oh, that's Ooh. cute. She lucky I let her back in class. <laughs> tell me something about your, tell me something about your parents, though. Right. Hello. <laughs> yeah. Ask them about that party. Oh man, Kappa Beach party. Oh my lord. Mm. If I your think mom, my mom if, knew what that was when we were like, no, they didn't know. We going to Galveston, going to the beach. Okay, y'all be careful. If you, no, oh my God! Thank God there was no social media. Children, if, if your parents have a Kappa Beach party shirt, that's uh, a conversation you should have. <laughs> but it's also a conversation you might not want to have. Like, don't Google it. Right. <laughs> Please don't. Well, that's my daddy. <laughs> mama, mama, you was dancing on the roof of that car. Where y'all talking? Oh my! On the back of that bike, Lord Jesus. Well, so in regards to your students, what things have you learned from them that you think aid either life or work, which they're not really inextricable at all? But um, I mean, I always learn technology. From, I mean, I don't have cash app yet. They're going to show me how to do it. Why you want Because I don't like electronic money. That's old school. That, yo. Now, I, I'm not as old as my dad and, and still walking into the bank. <laughs> Do you know that I you have can deposit cash at the ATM? Yeah. Do you ever do yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. ATM girl. My mom does it, so yeah. that's why. I yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, oh no, I can put a check for okay, the ATM. Okay, okay. I'm cool with it. You said you're like electronic money. I don't, so I but I, and I even learned how to take a picture, you know, of a, of a of check, check every now and then. But something about Cash App has me nervous. I don't know what it is. Well, let me not. I got money waiting on me. They do hack you. They can't see what I'm saying. But they can hack anything, though. Yeah, and but, still get your money. Yeah, but see, when they I, can hack your bank. When I got hacked at Bank of America, they tightened me up the next and they day. Got that, you day. Back yeah. that day. Yeah. I don't cash up and Venmo. Oh, yeah. I don't think they have those yeah. um, those yeah. capabilities. Those that's capabilities. Just yet. Yeah. yeah, that's true. That's yeah. true. We just, just take the money out right then. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> don't let it sit in there. Yeah. Well, I know I, I asked that question because I know, like, when, my, when I was teaching, I was teaching high school. And one thing that I learned or relearned from my students is just go with it yeah like in some regards they're so fearless mm-hmm. and uh, of course it can lean into recklessness yeah at times and they have different they have different tolerances yeah than when we grew up yeah you know so-and-so is transgender so so what yeah hey that's just yeah. mike yeah <laughs> you know whereas yeah. people older than us are freaking out yeah you know so it's it's a different generation yeah you and I, I think that helps in processing life because mm-hmm. our work is our life. Right. Right. Like, they're, like I said, they're inextricable. But these the, the, 
learning those things from our students where it is like you said like they can be like oh well so and so is transgender so mm-hmm. what that what exactly. they got to do with anything exactly you yeah. know what i'm saying mm-hmm. <laughs> and it I, I think that helps us kind of drill down to the important things like okay cool they're transgender that's cool are they a good person like yeah. <laughs> you know what i'm saying that's, and it, that's what it kind of helps as a teacher so you can kind of relate to their world yeah a little different yeah you know not that i don't have to go my that's why i'm at hbcu because Sometimes you need to go my dear because that's all they understand. Yeah. I yeah. couldn't do that at HCC and Lone Star. Yeah. <laughs> Certainly couldn't do it at U of H. Oh, no. You know, no, no. Uh, but, you know, occasionally I have to go my dear because that's yeah. all some of them understand. Yeah. But I, I wouldn't give up the HBCU experience for anything, yeah. for anything. Yeah. But, yeah, it's, it's just, it's a, but it is a different generation. And there are frustrations, Yeah. you know, because you have this uh, entitlement. You ain't done nothing yet. But, you know, you boss. Yeah. I wonder if that's an age thing or a ge- or this particular generation. Thing. It's this generation. You think so? Think about it. You know, when we were in school younger, you know, to get your record on the radio, you had to be good. Yeah. All you got to do is drop something on iTunes now. This is true. That's, that's true. it. This you is know? That's very true. You know, I, that's Worldwide Underground is probably one of my favorite <laughs> favorite <laughs> albums in the world. Are we connecting over Erica? Uh, we are. We oh are. Oh my God! I but travel you know, for Erica. She never put a video out. Not one. Not one video Not on one. that yeah. album, and that's a true headphone album mm-hmm. too. And you listen to that, you know, Puff and mm-hmm. Danger and all of that, mm-hmm. and you still bopping to it, and you still jamming to it. And yeah. Erica's still doing her thing. She didn't have to rely on her image to have a successful album. Yeah. Or or a reality TV show or whatever. Right. You know. So, you know, there's yeah. a difference. Yeah. yeah, there definitely is a difference. I mean, I I always go back to the Jay Electronica quote from um, who hasn't, who put, hasn't out an put out an album yet. <laughs> but he made a very good point in one of in an interview that he was in where he said, you know, back in the day, boys were talking about guns, sex, drugs, da, 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 but the poetry of it. Right? Like it sounded like Theodore Dostoevsky, <laughs> like, and that's literally yeah. what he said. And it's like, yeah, there's a poetry to it. There's well, there an was art a poetry to it. movement in the late, yeah. night, you know, that Love Jones movement. Oh, yeah, you know, for sure. You know, Outspoken Bean went to Prairie View. Yeah, and yes, so yes. It was a, so there was something very poetic. You mm-hmm. know, I'm like, dang, we, we looking at third generation hip hop. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's very interesting, and it's different. And, it's and I don't know none of these. If they're not on the cover of the rap chips, I don't know who they are. Lil Boozy, and, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I know Cardi B. You know, I know she's the Migos. The yeah, she's on the cover of rap chips and I Migos. Just, I just had hers the other day, the uh, Cheddar Barbecue. Yeah, Cheddar Barbecue. Yo. And then, uh, they're a little salty, but they're delicious, though. They're good. Migos got the sour cream. And oh. <laughs> Lil Romeo got that honey barbecue. Romeo. Yeah, his daddy owned the company. Oh. Uh, that's true. Come that's on. true. You got Master P on the company. What kind of father would he be if he didn't give his sons chips? You know what I'm saying? You You were about to ask something, babe? I'm sorry. Brittany. We were distracted with this. Yeah, I don't know a lot of these new artists. You know, I, I guess one of the questions that I wanted to ask you was, you know, as a as an art teacher, one, I feel like we haven't asked everybody what they actually teach. <laughs> I'm very bad about that. Uh, so, that so that's okay. one part of the question. And another part is, is, are there any semesters or students that have stood out to you? I mean, you've taught for 20 oh, years. That's course. a long time. Of course. And so, but I, you know, just with any t- part of life, there are things that stand out to you and you remember. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, of course. Um, I teach African American art history, oh, which yeah. is my that's favorite a, that's lecture a class course. Right there. I need to come audit your class. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it goes down. What day? Uh, what's your, what's Tuesday, Thursday at 930. Uh, a.m. Yeah. <laughs> you got to be committed. Here. You got to be committed yeah. to come to her I have class. I an 8 o'clock class. Yeah, and that's the problem with that class. I hope they're listening to this podcast. 
You should make that extra credit. They need to understand Miss Johnson is not the one. Hello. I love the kids, but I flunk them. Mm. Hey, uh, I believe in that. You heard it right here first. <laughs> you learn more from failure than you do from success as kids. There's about to be some failures. There's about to be some lessons learned. <laughs> but I teach uh, intro to visual arts, which is art appreciation. But okay. stu- on the studio level, this is the printmaking class coming in now. You were here for the painting class. Yeah. Drawing, book arts, mm. um, craft design, which is high-level craft, uh, sculpture. So I teach all the fine art studio courses. Okay. Okay. But digital media is the art major on this campus. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's interesting. So, and then well, anything, anybody that's Student that stands out. out. Oh, Shy Morris, 100%. Uh, Shy, uh, she was here a couple weeks ago. Shy Morris, I call him my little baby goat, my little greatest of all time. Oh. Uh, that's my little my little sis, my baby sis. Um, Shy was like my shadow, and she's very successful now. Um, she has her Peace Arts in Florida. But I, I remember telling her to get into Project Row Houses Young Mothers Program. Mm-hmm. And she just got in there and left a legacy. She stayed longer than most of the young girls. She ran the gift shop. If you remember the gift shop at Project Row Houses, mm. Shy used to run that. But um, she, she's, uh, that's my heart. I will always, yeah. always uh, say that Shy was number one. And I'm so proud of her for what she's doing now. She's yeah. four kids. Wow. You know, and, and just took on her brother's kids. Wow. Oh, and, wow. And uh, she, she has community gardens. It's a very small um, um, town at Daytona Beach, outside of Daytona okay. Beach. Mm-hmm. I think it's Smyrna, Florida, something mm-hmm. like that. Okay. She went to Bethune-Cookman. She left here and ended up going there. Okay. You know, life. Life yeah. is life. Yeah, for sure. Uh, other would be uh, Latifa Safir. She was a art minor, and um, she was an engineering major. Oh, wow. And now she is a full-time quilter. Wow. She is on the quilting circuit. She created, co-created the uh, Los Angeles Modern Quilting Guild. Huh. Amazing. She, she makes her own patterns. I mean, she, she makes a living oh, wow. as a quilter. That is wild. She, she cool. teaches. She goes on all the quilting circuits. So, yeah, I have some that I will always, you know, Tug at my heart. Yeah. yeah you know, but especially sure. shy. Yeah. Okay. That's beautiful. Yeah. She said, I saved her life. Mm. You know, I let her one day, she came into my classroom and she said, I need some, can I get some supplies? I'm like, go ahead. You know, go in the closet. And she came out and said, that's all you got? Go back in there, get some more. And she's never forgotten that. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. it's just pretty awesome. She's, gonna pay it. she's paying it forward. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. That's beautiful. I'm sorry, that, that just resonated with me because I just had a student who, uh, <laughs> she sent me some money for my birthday. Really? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and she, she was one of my, my babies, my first two years of teaching mm. at Eisenhower High School, who she she still tells me randomly to this day, she'll text me and be like, Francis, you saved my life. Wow. You really helped me. So, I mean, I it's an interesting thing that goes along with teaching something like art because it is an outlet and some kids come to you who yeah. are just taking an elective yeah exactly and end up making this brilliant connection with you because they're doing things that they didn't know they could do and a student's mother told me that the other day and it was she, she caught me off guard because i was like I, I blessed him good the other day you know for for doing something silly she said you have no idea the impact my all my son does is talk about you i'm like really I didn't think he liked me. He'd be the ones you got to talk crazy to. Yeah, no. (laughs) But yeah, it was, but uh, you just never know what kind of impact you have. You never know. Yeah. Did you always want to be a teacher, professor of art, or you just kind of fell into it? How did that? 
I wanted to be a teacher because I had a bad teaching experience in fashion. Mm. And I always said if I could get a degree and come back to Prairie View, I would come back and mm. teach it the right way. And I taught it as long as I could. Mm-hmm. But you have to be willing to keep up with the times. And you had students coming in thinking that it was going to be Project Runway, and it wasn't. Yeah. And if you weren't going to invest in that, yeah. I, don't, I don't like leading false dreams. Yeah. You yeah. know, school is too expensive for that. And so once, you know, I, I got my degree, my first master's, I realized, you know, art is it. So my goal in life was to be an art professor, so eventually. Okay. Yeah. Excuse, I'm so sorry. No, Excuse fine. me. That's where I uh, am now. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I, I, like I said, I love it. I love this level. Yeah. yeah. The freedom of this level is unreal. Like they would love for me to say no class today, and they would bounce. Although yeah. I'm not gonna say that, <laughs> but I do have the freedom to do that. Yeah. yeah. Without cons- well, I shouldn't have said that. Over there, <laughs> but you know what I mean. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure, for sure, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, what is it that? really keeps you in it because i know when you get around may <laughs> when you when you coming up on may may well november <laughs> <laughs> well yeah. semester is almost yeah. over because it's i mean it, the struggles are similar to what they are in high school and on the secondary level in terms of dealing with students who can but don't want to yeah students who can't but want to and probably shouldn't <laughs> students who <laughs> and some students who are just those special students yeah I get a lot of those too. how like what is it that keeps bringing you back you just got to pace yourself i i've i learned one day i was driving to the collective because if anybody can cry about driving into the loop is me yeah, because you see how far I... Although I live in the Cypress area, but still. Well, Delita lives in uh, southern when, Dallas as when well. When she first so. moved, I, I live... I'm 30 minutes out of downtown Houston. Delita, it takes 30 minutes to get to your house from 59. I live 30 minutes out of downtown Houston. Okay, okay, downtown Houston. She learned quick. But... <laughs> but anyway. It's far as hell. That's all <laughs> it, I'm is far, it is far. It is far. And then it gets scary. When you start seeing Huffman Hardware... <laughs> Drive. He like, <laughs> one lane <laughs> when you cross the lake, you know, it's like, oh Lord. You be driving be like, is this deliverance, Texas? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't go out there at dark. You coming over tonight? Nope. Nope. <laughs> I'll see you in the morning though. But anyway, um I was driving to the collective one day and Michelle Barnes is also another mentor. And I, and I told Michelle that day, I said, you know, I, I, I realize what my purpose is. My purpose is to nurture creative minds. Mm. That's my purpose. Mm. And that's what keeps me teaching. You know, yeah. there's sparks. You know, like Tupac said, maybe I can be the spark yeah. Yeah. that changes. And um, that's what, just knowing that that's part of my purpose is yeah. what keeps me going. Even though I, I get frustrated. There's always students you get frustrated with. Yeah. That's life. Yeah, yeah. it is. And they and they end up coming around later yeah. on. Like I didn't understand what you were saying then, but I understand mm-hmm. now. I get it now. Yeah, yeah. And then, yeah. like I said, what is retirement? <laughs> <laughs> I told you what it is. Anna Nicole had it right. I'm gonna follow the follow the blueprint. <laughs> it's been laid for yeah. for you. She, she laid the blueprint. Rest in peace. <laughs> <laughs> So you have a show coming up. <laughs> I Are have you a showing 
I have a show now, Acknowledge, which okay. is uh, at Hooks Epstein Gallery, okay. which is in, on Gallery Row, Richmond and Kirby mm-hmm. area. Yeah. Uh, actually, just Artist Talk is uh, Thursday. Oh, okay. what time? Six, six, six or 6.30. I think it's 6.30. I'm actually being interviewed by Delita Everbaya. Now, I hope, are they going to hear this before that? They're going to be coming for me. No, no. <laughs> okay. They, they won't hear it before then. Okay. We'll, it'll, it'll go up that day, but okay. I know okay. Delita okay. won't. Uh, yeah, neither yeah. one of them will listen that okay. day. Okay. But. Yeah. Well, I know, I know Rebea won't. She, yeah. She's focused. Um, she's over there researching. Right now. <laughs> but... Um, that's acknowledged as a solo exhibition of my work. A lot of the cotton prints, a lot of found objects. Okay. Um, after that, I have a show in San Antonio. It's on colorism. Okay. Uh, Rebea's in that show also. Then I was invited to do another show at um, UTSA. Okay. I think that's going to be in March. Uh, something else. I haven't written everything down. So, but you, um, can, what can you tell us about your show? That's in that's coming up in San Antonio without giving us too much, you know, without well, giving it all away. It's a group show, okay. so there's like 15 artists okay. about show. your particular piece. But the the basis of it is colorism. Yeah, and um, my piece focuses on uh, colorism in in my family. Um, when I was in school, my very first sweet mate, her name was Vernita, from New Orleans, New Orleans, and uh, she, it's first time I ever heard anybody say. My grandma, and was very casual about it. My grandmother wouldn't let me in her house because I was too dark. Mm-hmm. And that just blew me away. I'd never yeah. heard anything like that before. Yeah. And then as I learned that Louisiana is like its own world. <laughs> I say it's its own country. It they is. Have, it I'm really a lawyer. Is. They have different laws it and really everything is. there. Hey, it not, is, yeah. Not too much, though. Yeah. Not too much. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Mark was born in It's my world. birthplace. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But no, I agree. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> Especially when it comes to colorism. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And uh, my... Um, second roommate was actually from Nagadish, Louisiana. Okay. And uh, colorism ran all through her family. She yeah. was she was very fair skinned. Um so it, and I remember going to Louisiana a couple years later and I was like, I can write this woman at that she's passing, clearly passing. Yeah. You know? So um, um that's what that show is about. My piece focuses on colorism in my own family. Yeah. I have a member in my family who wouldn't let darker people into her home. And she was secretary for Booker T. Washington. You know, take that in yeah. for a second. Uh, for, yeah. for those listening, for the ones in the back that's like colorism, that's crazy. People doing that. Hey, man, that includes that team, light skin team, dark skin that's shit what, y'all yeah. been posting online, too. You know, I watched, um, <laughs> we had a, a fantastic uh, uh, seminar here last weekend. Gloria Steinem was here. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Paula Giddings. Wow. Met her on more, more than one occasion last week and some other scholars. And they were all close with Toni Morrison. Mm. Now, I'm, I'm not ashamed to admit that her books are hard. And so mm-hmm. I can't hang. Mm-hmm. You know, beloved scared the bejesus out of me. <laughs> but uh, I, watched, I was watching her documentary over the weekend. I heard that was really good. It's really good. It's very artsy, too. Mm-hmm. Mm. It's got to be at least 35 paintings referenced that they show in editing. Mm. But she talked about when she went to Howard and she was convinced to join her sorority. And she never would call it by name, <laughs> she would say. And I later realized they just wanted me in there because I was light-skinned, mm. where the other sorority had dark-skinned people in it, and I didn't like that. 
And I was like, that was bold of her to say. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I can, you know, but when you're in your 80s, you don't care. You just say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Cannot wait yeah. to be the old yeah, man. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Me either. I just, oh. just say whatever you want. No consequences. I mean, I'm but kind it, of an old man now. <laughs> you that, ain't that no that My shit. birthday next week. <laughs> uh, I'm old. But anyway. Um, Happy early birthday. Thank you. My birthday Scorpio. was just last week. Scorpio. Yeah. Oh. November 8th. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, so this show is about colorism. Um, yeah. and, I, and I don't believe everyone in there is black. Mm. You know, I have a really good friend from Colombia. Oh yeah. She told me she's considered white in Colombia. Yeah. You know, so um, it, it's just interesting that when I when I'm in class and we talk about it, I'm like, we still doing this. That plantation yeah. master had us so screwed up. We are still dealing with that slave mentality. All the time. I, was, I don't like light-skinned dudes. You don't know every light-skinned dude. The skinned is not a word. <laughs> I think that's the most important part of that. <laughs> skinned. You know? But, yeah, I mean, it, it's, and it's funny because it's everywhere. It's in every country. Yeah. Um, every language. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, and... and we just can't seem to deal with it. We, people, people, it's a survival tactic. You know, yeah. it was, beforehand it was literally a survival tactic right, in the right. sense of you could live or die based right. on the and color I had of a, your uh, skin. My great grandmother's first husband was lynched for passing. Mm. He was a barber oh my. and got caught cutting a black person's hair to realize he was black and they lynched him. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. That is. And, and so to go with what I was saying, that's why in the sense of people don't have those hard conversations. They're not talking about what the separation can cause or what Mm -hmm. it caused in the past and what Mm -hmm. continuing to live in those separations can continue to create those Mm -hmm. issues as we move forward. And so that's why you're, um, you know, the, the pieces, yeah. real talk. Yeah, 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 the pieces that you're, you know, putting together in this actual exhibition about colors yeah. is so important. Yeah, it's, it's so going to be interesting because I literally did a door, mm. you know, with her image in it. Wow. You know, and her image is in between the screen. Mm. And uh, that's what she was calling me about a little while yeah. ago. You're going to open the door? It's going to have a floor mat that says unwelcome. Mm. You know, and then it's going to have one of those trees in the corner. Yeah. Now you can sit down and talk about this. Wow. Are you still dealing with it? I bet you are. Yeah. You might be saying it under your breath. Mm-hmm. But you, you and I know every time we see a brother on the, t- please let it be black. <laughs> no, she's not gonna be black. And we're like, please let it be black. Let it just, just once. Thank you, yeah. Denzel. Mm-hmm. Magic. <laughs> you know, because we we still do that. We yeah. look and say, you know, he he ain't checking no black yeah. girls. It's interesting. I I think. One one of the things that I always think about when I think about um, colorism is actually from uh, something that I heard Trevor Noah talking about with regards to apartheid, and that is that we do talk about it all the time as something that we do, right? Mm-hmm. But we often miss the point of view that it was a control thing. Like, yes, it was a means of survival, you know, a but lot of times, but it, it was dying oh, to control, to keep us separate yeah. because together we can conquer more. Right, right. right. Like that's exactly what they did with apartheid, yeah. except mm-hmm. it was based on, it was based on color as well as language, language mm-hmm. and things like that. Africans. So yeah. Yeah. So it I mean, it's crazy. Cause when I went to South Africa, which I wish everybody can go there. If I hit the lotto or marry that moon, <laughs> I'll go tomorrow. <laughs> 
but <laughs> I, I had um, asked the friend um, who had worked over there. Yeah. And I said, well, what's it going to be like? You know, because, you know, we don't always talk about it, but we have animosity between yeah. Africans and African-Americans. Mm-hmm. Uh, he said, sister, once you get over there, they're going to think you one of them until you open your mouth. And I was like, okay. So when we got over there, it was like black, white, and colored. Mm-hmm. And I could never figure out the colored. And he, and he said, no, you would be colored. I'm like, how am I colored? I'm black. He said, no, you, you don't look like you're pure African. Mm-hmm. And that's what a colored person was. I thought yeah. a colored person, go ahead. I thought a colored person was of Indian descent. Oh, okay. And that, that blew my mind because we were at a flea market and, and this woman said, you, you damn colored. I can't stand you colors. And she, they were both black. And I, I, didn't, I didn't understand. You know, wow. so it's interesting that mentality. How subtle it is. How subtle it is, and how we still deal with it. Yeah. Here, um, we watch uh, Underground. My students are obsessed with Underground. I've not seen it. Oh my God, you got to watch it. Go home and watch it today. <laughs> it's like, did you ever watch Prison Break? No. The TV show Prison Break? Some of it. It's no, like no, Prison no. Break on the Plantation. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay. And and I like Journey Smollett as an actress. Mm-hmm. She even gave her brother a job. That's probably Jesse's last role. No, oh, but anyway, uh, <laughs> he, he had a scene and he was on one episode. But anyway, um, um, it, it, it talks about that dynamic, yeah. the house Negro, because when they're running away, she's house gal. You don't know nothing about that. You know, yeah. there was animosity there. Yeah. So it's, it's, my students are obsessed with that show, but it's, yeah. It lingers, yeah. you know, and it's it's painful that we still we still dealing with this. There's this one image that I use in all of my work, ironically, except for this past show because she she wasn't feeling right, and it's a slave girl holding a white baby, mm. and and the actual original image says Clara holding her owner. That's. <laughs> <laughs> this is like a nine-month-old baby, right, Wild. that owns her. Shit. And Clara has this look on her face, and I'll show you the image. She's looking at, y'all still doing this? You know, I, I, went, yeah. through, I went through all of this. Clara's fed yeah. up. Clara, Clara's like, yeah. I, I, I'm holding my owner, and y'all still acting the fool out here? Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I use that image a lot because yeah. of the way that she's looking back at us. Yeah. You know, it's a powerful image. With Converse Real Talk, it's, I mean, it's it's obvious from the name that it's designed to make people mm-hmm. talk. I feel like, though, that most of your work is designed in the same way, but mm-hmm. less explicitly. Would that be true? That's true. It's, it's conceptual. Yeah. Um, not as direct. Mm-hmm. Converse, you see the leaves, you see the chairs, you're supposed to have a conversation. Yeah. yeah. If once once people realize that you can't sit in the chairs. Yeah. Because there's resistance because you don't touch <laughs> the art. Yeah. yeah. You know? But I would say, yeah, I, you know, like I always tell these guys, don't look at it, look into it. And so you look at it, you're going to be like, I wonder how she did that. But you look into it and let that image mm-hmm. come into your soul. You should have another conversation. Yeah. You know, or interest. Um, I'd like conceptual works because it makes you think. Yeah. So when we did the Art League show, How Do I Say Your Name? And I did the glass quilt, and I had the video of, of where Sandra Bland drove mm-hmm. the route. I never showed her picture. I didn't want to show her picture. Mm-hmm. I wanted you to look inside and pass. Don't, I don't want you to be numb to her image. Right. Like people get numb of Trayvon's image. Right. Yeah. It's not about him yeah. in that hoodie. 
Mm-hmm. You know, that boy was hunted. He had mm-hmm. on a hood in the rain, right? And um, Sandra Bland, that, of course, gets next to mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. You drove That's by right it coming street, in. Yeah. You drive by it every day. I don't ever, I've, to this day, I've not stopped. I don't ever want to be numb to it. Yeah. But the piece I did was a glass quilt, and it had the text of the traffic stop, 24 pages for a traffic stop, 24 pages. You know, and I, I, I literally embossed each letter of each word onto the glass in the design of a G's Ben quilt. And then inside I had images of her hands because if you look at when she was being processed, you can look at that video on YouTube and she, she's going like this, you know, and you know that am I not a man, am I not? Mm-hmm. The hands are, her hands yeah. are literally like this and she kept going like this. And it was something was wrong at you know at that very mm-hmm, moment, mm-hmm. and so I, I had images of her hands on leaves, and then and then I had uh, a blue and a red light blinking, mm. you know. So it was a total glass you know installation, and then you were looking through it, because how often do we look through that situation? This stuff ain't new; it's yeah. just being mm-hmm. recorded. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, it's been going on for years, but we're seeing it now. And then to the sun to the glasses series. You keep telling me I'm not seeing what I'm seeing because everybody keeps getting off. Yeah. You know? So, yeah. So I try to be conceptual in that. That was a lot to take in. Yeah. <laughs> I try to be yeah. conceptual in that nature. I don't want to be direct. I could have put Sandra Bland on a feather, but I don't yeah. think it would be as impactful oh, no, as, near, as right. reading the words of the transcript or right. seeing the just the video of the route. Right. You know? Yeah. And so I think there's power when you... And Rebea was talking about the same thing with Trayvon, a piece that she did. I remember mm-hmm. the piece that she did. It was an image of her going through emotions and grief. Yeah. I remember that vividly. And so um, oftentimes when, when it comes to art from our people or people who receive it, they want something to be figurative. Yeah. They want to be able to connect to a figurative image as opposed to being more conceptual. Yeah. 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 What are some of the next steps? Oh, sorry. <laughs> what are some of the next steps of where are you taking your art next? Where do you see your art next? Um, I think this ironing board series is about to get real. Um, I put one on Instagram. I'm starting to post a little bit more. Yeah. I only follow like 40 people. I didn't know I, f- I was following that many, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I was proud and said, I only follow 20 people. That's but funny. <clears throat> and I'm almost at 200 posts. Nice. That's a big deal for yeah. me. But I just, I keep it art. Yeah. And yeah. I'm, I'm doing the ironing board series, and I'm, I'm using, the first one is of Clara. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, that ironing board, it just represents all that hard backbreaking work mm-hmm. yeah. that we had to do. So what I'm doing is um, I'm taking those images and turning them into, like, boxing posters. Mm. You know, champion, undefeated. Oh, like that. Yeah. And then transferring that image onto that iron ironing board. So it's, I've only got one done. <laughs> I have an ironing board in my garage right now that I was working on yesterday. Yeah. So now I'm playing with um, how to rust things, huh. uh, control, oh, okay. controlled rust yeah. shapes yeah. and things like that. The, the image transfer is the easy part. Yeah. Yeah. But all the other, you know, intricate parts, yeah. that's, that's kind of what I'm playing with. I don't know how far it'll go. I like to work in series, but I'll always print on feathers and, yeah. and leaves. Yeah. Now cotton, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I'm still pushing the boundaries of the cotton too. Yeah, yeah. I'm so I'm still I'm still processing. Yeah, everything <laughs> dealing with yeah. Sandra Bland because yeah. I mean, 
it, like you were saying about you don't want to become numb to these things. I think oftentimes we may. I had this conversation about Nipsey Hussle, right? Like mm-hmm. we use these images and they become so ubiquitous that they yeah. don't mean anything, right? <laughs> like they're just there. And I and I and I wish I would have known more about Nipsey. Like I said, I'm so old school. Yeah. And because we have Pandora and Spot and all this, stuff, I don't have to listen to new music. Yeah. yeah. You know, I like the old music. I wish I would have known more about Nipsey. Yeah. Because he was so important. I think yeah. a lot you of know? us felt that way. Yeah. After his yeah. Passing. yeah. 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 As I definitely felt that way. I was like, word? Like, all I remember is that he was selling the album for $1,000. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I remember when he did that. But yeah. other than that, like, I didn't know too much How about him. connected. Yeah. yeah. But now yes. I've seen this image so much, it's just kind of like, all right. That's and I don't want to be numb like, to it. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I want to know more about the legacy. But right. that information there's some information in articles and things like that, but these articles, the words that they're using to describe the man are ubiquitous too. Like, yeah. <laughs> but you know, that goes to these, these writers. No, everybody thinks they're a photographer and a writer now. Everybody, everybody wants to be creative. Mm-hmm. We actually just had this conversation <laughs> and, and it's, it's interesting because a lot of times what gets lost. And this is a topic that we talk about a lot on this podcast is voice. People don't understand how important voice is mm-hmm. because they're like, okay, as long as I say it, it's important. Somebody going to read it. Yeah. Yeah. But no. But what are you like, saying? <laughs> what are you saying? What are you Even saying? with your artwork. And like, is it yours? Right. Yeah. That, I think that's, that's what's big debate. Yeah. yeah. Is it your voice? I was just looking at um, Harriet quotes, you know, cause she's going to be on one of the ironing boards and, uh, and the quotes that she was misquoted from. Cause I love the quote. I would have freed hundreds of slaves, would have freed hundred more if they knew they were slaves. Even if she didn't say it. Yeah. That's still it's a, a powerful great, quote. It's a powerful it's a quote. Great quote. Yeah. Um, and yeah, where's that source coming from? And see, for these guys, internet is gold. For these guys, the internet is gold. Yeah. They swear by what they read. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, yeah. You know, and without investigating the origins of that site. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And then even when you Google it, sometimes it's still yeah. you still go so you have to crazy. do more. Yeah. You have footnotes. To go deeper. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. what they said in the and seminar the other night. Read your footnotes. Yeah, yeah. it's funny though because we keep doing the same thing as a society, knowing damn well there's a lot of fake yeah. news out here. Yeah, like it's, <laughs> it's the craziest thing. Ooh, the magic word. We're still fake trusting news. everything <laughs> we read and not betting it, even though we know. It's and the fake. scary part is the voters are believing that yeah. foolishness. Yeah, I don't call him by name. That's a I whole, just say the current occupant. That's a whole. <laughs> I used to call him Chester. I used to call him Cheeto. Somebody said that's a disrespect to Chester Cheese. Come uh, on. I just talked true. about you. I said, my boy's going to come through here and say, what up, soul? <laughs> 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 you can still say it. It's off. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but no, I mean, it's. It's a lot. It's definitely a lot to process, and I appreciate that you said that because you spoke about Sandra Bland the other night. Mm-hmm. Um, and this other night that we keep referencing was an artist talk at Match um, here in Houston, uh, at the Match Theater here in Houston, um, Diverse Works. Um, but it's interesting because when you a lot of times when I hear about Sandra Bland, it's from the oh I read this, I read that. She's a black mm-hmm. woman, right? Mm-hmm. And there's something about the way you speak about it that makes it even more real. 
And I think it's the connection, it's like the it geographic was real for us. connection. Yeah. yeah. You know, um, when um, it, I told the story the other night, uh, Rebea and I were in Tougaloo, Mississippi, and Delita. Yeah. We were in Tougaloo, Mississippi, which is like one of the birthplaces of the civil rights movement, doing a talk. And uh, Frank, y'all play for, pray for Frank. He lost his legs, um, diabetic. Mm. But he's a credible artist. Frank was doing his presentation. He just stopped and looked at me and said, Ann, what's going on at Prairie View? I'm like, what are you talking about? We were there for Tougaloo Art Colony. So I was disconnected to anything work-related. And then we started getting the the messages, don't talk to the press. What's going on? So when I got got back and I saw it on TV, I'm like, that happened here? So I started calling my people. And I said, okay, I, I didn't. It, it, it shook you. I was shook. Oh, yeah. I was shook. Yeah. So I, I remember going to the very first protest before they get too political, the, the first one. And it was out here in the courtyard, and I remember part, And I remember calling my coworker. I said, Billy, I'm going to go to this protest. If I'm not home by 7 o'clock, oh, you know, wow. you call my people. Oh, wow. You know, because I was the, you know, just that nervous, yeah. you know. And I remember walking with Harrison Guy. We were walking, we were like, can you believe this happened right here at Prairie View? And, and I started seeing people, and it was probably the most organic protest before it just, yeah. you know, people started making their political speeches and stuff like that and not really concerned with the person. Yeah. And I remember, I'll never forget, that. I don't, I don't remember, forget anything about that day. I went to the movies. Why I went to see the Amy Winehouse documentary. That, that's going to put you in a mood. You just wanted to be I just, all in your yeah, feelings. Yeah, you know. <laughs> so I was in a mood. <laughs> I'm like, I think it was one of those, if we just go to the movies to clear my mind. Yeah, and that's what I, that okay, was just the wrong Amy, pick at Amy the wrong said, time. at 3 o'clock, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then I remember driving to school shaking. I was mm. like, I've been coming to Prairie View for 20-some years, and I'm shaking now mm-hmm. because I'm nervous. I'm nervous about, you know, what could happen. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, he was highway patrol. He wasn't even a cop. Right. No business on campus. And I knew where she turned around, and I knew where she stopped. And uh, I just remember being so nervous. And then all that week, we would have these conversations. I was teaching summer school Mm -hmm. at freshman. And and we would follow each other home. Okay, everybody, we leaving at 5 o'clock together. You know, don't forget your, and the whole time, don't forget your blinker. Don't forget your blinker. It messes with you. Yeah, I just can't explain to you that, excuse me, that uneasiness. Yeah. yeah. And I remember one day uh, we were falling. Oh, my God, she forgot her blinker, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, you know, and, yeah. and another coworker. And I told my husband to put his wallet in the front seat, you know, don't reach for anything, you know. So that, it just, it, it really took messes with you, mm-hmm. you know. And like I said, to this day, I, I had to stop. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't, I don't want to stop. Yeah. And I think that that's the part of um, all of these stories and all of these real life things that are mm-hmm. happening to people that are lost on people who they're not they're th- that they're not connected with. So that's themselves, not their world. That's not their yeah. world. They don't realize it. Yeah. I think one of the things that I always think about is that Mark is a runner and he's he likes to he used to like to run at night. Mm-hmm. Now he's like, I want to run at night. And well, I don't headphones also, on. Yeah. I also don't want to go put a, a flyer in everybody's door to tell right. them that, hey, I'm your neighbor and I'm a runner. Right. I like to run at nighttime. Right. Because no other man has to do this. Why right. should he have to exactly. do it? That is wild to yeah. me. Yeah. But I feel like 
if it is your race, it is your people, it is the people that you identify with that are on a consistent basis that are affected by that, it affects you differently than if you were not. That's why people are oblivious to mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. It won't, and I, I guess for me, and I'm sort of on a rant, but I feel like they won't get it until it happens to one of yeah. them. Yeah, until yeah, it gets close, yeah. close yeah. to their community, just like you know, gun control. Yeah. Until yeah. it happens to your high school, you're distant from it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know? yeah. And I think that's that's what resonated with me as you were speaking about it because this is the epicenter mm-hmm. right like when we think mm-hmm. of earthquakes and things like that like the epicenter of the impact mm-hmm. like that's yeah where where it's palpable where when people talk about it it's the most real right the farther away you get from it yeah you know it's like oh yeah the further I was, you are in houston yeah. And, and yeah you know and, and it female yeah. Because, you yeah. know, yeah. with the guys, and that, that was the basis for how do I say her name exhibition, mm-hmm. you know, and not to, loss of life is loss of life and it's tragic yeah. regardless. Mm-hmm. When it's guys, we stop in 288, you know, shutting down traffic. Yeah. But with women, it, it was not like that. Yeah. You know, you yeah. hear about it and move on. But something about what happened to Sandra Bland, you know, a Fox News covered it. Yeah. You know, <laughs> and they were outraged. <laughs> That she was pulled over for that, you yeah. know. That's um, serious. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. You know how often people don't signal? Like, <laughs> how, we, like all it, it, we all do it. We all do it. It just, you know, when you read that transcript, mm-hmm. you know, and 24 pages, and she cussed them out good before she went on to glory. She got them, she cussed yeah. them out good. Yeah. But that's still no reason for loss of life. Oh, you know, there no. was, if you look at those videos and you look at, What's going on in the Hempstead jail? Folks walking around, you know, and, and why was there no camera in that cell? You know? Yeah. yeah. That it, it's just so many layers yeah. to the story. Yeah. 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 I think you talking about this, because I always try to explain to people that, like, art is important because it's literally people's blood, sweat, and tears that go into creating it. Someone who's a true artist. Yeah. You know? yeah, yeah. Like you said, there's people who are talented and they play. Yeah. You know, yeah. but when your blood, sweat, and tears are, are in it, I think yeah. the work shows that. Yeah. yeah. And it's life. Yeah. It's life. Like we draw these things from life. So going back to something you said earlier in terms of like the kids kind of living their life through the palms of their mm-hmm. hands, through their devices, the problem is they're missing out on life experiences right. that way. Right. So the work also shows that the lack of yeah. voice, the lack of understanding of themselves in the world around them. And that's them. what the nesting series was about. Yeah. When you look exactly. inside of those nests, students are sleeping, mm-hmm. lumbering. You mm-hmm. know, they're not woke. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Literally. As woke as they, as much as they <laughs> love the word woke, hashtag woke. Yeah. That don't, you know. That, and that's why I did that, that lit piece. Yeah. You know, the woke piece in the shape of that traditional love yeah. pattern. Mm. Yeah. With the lights on. Yeah. You know, are yeah. you woke or you sleepwalking? Oh. <laughs> Damn. Well. <laughs> well. Uh. <laughs> for real. That, that was a good one. Um, so let me ask you this. This is the question we love to ask as a final question. And in this case, I, I think it's very important. At the end of your tenure here, when... Not even at the end of your tenure, because I'm sure you'll be written about before then. But (laughs) when you are written about in the history books that are used to teach the next generation Mm -hmm. of African-American art history, what would you want them to write about you? 
that the work set with you. You know, hmm. it sits with you. Um, yeah. You don't know what kind of story you're going to get when you walk in, but you feel something walking out. Mm. You know, um, that's about, I don't know that I struck some kind of chord yeah. with somebody. And it wasn't commercial, you know. Yeah. It wasn't just doing this because somebody else is doing it. It was yeah. original, organic. Yeah. yeah. You know, if, yeah. If, if I could touch somebody's soul and the work was organic, you don't have to like it. I always tell them, you don't have to like what you see, but appreciate that someone else's passion. Yeah. yeah. You know, but uh, I don't know. What would you think they should say about me? I'm just curious. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the funny thing is, like, I feel like that's the goal for, well, I know that's, that's also my goal. Mm-hmm. Like, when and, and I don't know what you know what what is being held for me, but I think right. it's important that people feel something yeah. when they encounter work. Right. Um, I think in regards to you specifically, I think that you sparked a conversation, okay. right? Because yeah. what do we learn from? How do we really learn? Right. You know, we learn from failures and right. we learn from actually talking to people. Right. You have to right? talk. And that's why I said like. Your work is, it hinges a lot on the conversation to follow, right? Because there's... I would agree. Yeah, like you have that layer of what Mm -hmm. it is and on what type of ground it's on, right? Right. It's on a leaf, it's on zucchini, it's Mm -hmm. on cotton, right? It's on all these things, but why? Mm -hmm. What's that conversation to follow, Right. right? So it's like... As long as you can be that person that starts those conversations, yeah. you're changing lives. <laughs> and I'd rather it be the why than the how. Yeah. You know, just how is just something I have to deal with because it's uniqueness visual, the uniqueness yeah. Yeah. in the visual. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm more interested in how this affects yeah. your how. Yeah. yeah. I mean, your why. why? Yeah. yeah. And yeah. I think. I love it. And that's where the origina- originality, because it's the the how coupled with the why actually yeah. that yeah. makes it so original so when you yeah. said that what you wanted it to say that made sense to me it resonated right. with me and it, it went well with all it tied everything together yeah. that you've been saying cool. yeah cool. and i think i think you're well on your way i think I you're well so. on your way because you got i don't need to rely on the uh, anna nicole smith theory nah, i'm the nah, nah, you, you can always have a pa- that's a backup plan <laughs> i mean <laughs> you don't need it you don't need a plan. That's phase two. In the words of Megan the Stallion, you're in your bag, but you're in his bag well, too. Well, she's not on the rap chip, so. <laughs> <laughs> and just like that. I'm just like, <laughs> well, Megan, she's you better step Houston. it up. <laughs> she's from Houston. I know that much. <laughs> now I'm going to listen to her. I'm going to listen for her now. Yeah. That, 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 you know, yeah. you ain't got to. Uh, but no. <laughs> So can you tell the people where they can find you on the interwebs? Yes, my website is Soul Sister Art, S-O-L-E, S-I-S-T-E-R. Make sure it's S-O-L-E, soulsisterart.com. And on Instagram, Soul Sister Art. And on Facebook, it's Ann Soul Sister Johnson. That's for the old people. That's for the old people. I say that like I don't know. <laughs> but, and we appreciate you taking this time out of yeah. your studio day and welcoming us into yeah. your beautiful studio. And we appreciate you driving all the way out here on the hill. You know, it actually In wasn't that country. bad. It was like yeah. 37 minutes. Stop at that shell station, get you a baked potato, change uh, your life. Listen, I told her. We used to do that all the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm the not going to do that. Potatoes are like potato. this. They're like yeah. this. 
is so Ooh, good. Oh, but the sausage is good, too. I don't know how you feel about red meat, but that sausage. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm kind of like Chris Rock. Okay. I eat red meat. I don't okay. eat green meat. Okay. You know like, <laughs> <laughs> but that sausage on a stick. I mean, everything at the at that gas station it's is great. Good. You know, you're yeah. in the country when I'm sending you to the grass, gas station to eat. For food. So good. Yeah. <laughs> but, oh, and I'm the worst husband in the world because I didn't mention that my beautiful wife was my co-host for today. Oh, it's okay. Hi, babe. Thank you. Um, but been awesome. Thank you, Anne. <laughs> You're welcome. Yes, this has been awesome. I, I feel I feel replenished. Mm-hmm. Good. It makes me not even care that there's rain right outside I see that it, window. I see it. <laughs> kicking up sideways yeah. like Houston rain does. Yeah. But no, again, and we really thank you for allowing us into the studio and talking with us and allowing us to take a chunk out of your day no uh, problem <laughs> i appreciate y'all coming out here absolutely we've been trying to get this done for a minute yeah so. we have yeah um but on behalf of raquel simone who is now with us today and fernique francis and myself mark francis we thank y'all for listening peace peace This season of the Arts Explanatory Comma Podcast is brought to you in part by the City of Houston and Houston Arts Alliance. Houston Arts Alliance is a local arts and culture organization whose principal work is to implement the City of Houston's vision, values, and goals for its art grant making and civic art investments. HAA's work is conducted through contracts with the City of Houston, overseen by the Mayor's Office of Cultural Affairs. HAA also executes privately funded special projects to meet the needs of the arts community, such as disaster preparation, research on the state of the arts in Houston, and temporary public art projects that energize neighborhoods. In short, HAA helps artists and arts nonprofits be bold, productive, and strong. We want to say thank you to Houston Arts Alliance and the City of Houston for your support of our little podcast. Now, let's get to it. Hey, just a quick heads up. This podcast may contain some adult language and adult themes. So if you got kids around, tell them earmuffs. If you're at work, put your headphones on. Just make sure you're not about to get in trouble for listening to this. Also, remember that it is all in artistic context. We're not just out here talking crazy for no reason. All the time, anyway. Um, but stay tuned.